0: Welcome back to the Positive Deposits Podcast. It's your host, Presley Nelson Jr. I am back again, and we are going to talk about something totally different. And here at this podcast, we transform minds to change lives. And I have a really, really great guest for you tonight. Um, So, who I have with me today is Mr. Craig Spinali. And, um, you know, one thing about this, Craig, you know, is that with this podcast, it gives the platform of our courageous conversations, you know, um, talking about cancer is very therapeutic. And this is the platform that we have uh, set up. And so, you know, that's why we're here. Um, so I'm going to pass it over to you, you know, to uh, just give a little brief introduction of who you are, and, and then we'll get right, jump right into the interview.
1: Okay, thank you, Preston. Thanks for having me on here today. Um, so I, I'm, I live in North Carolina, um, and uh, I've been in North Carolina for, for 28 years. I'm originally from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Very proud of my Boston heritage. Um,
0: I, I hear it I'm, a little bit. I hear, I hear that.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I start talking a lot and I get excited, I'll use my hands, I drop my R's. You won't, you know, you'll definitely hear my accent. Uh, but, uh, but being part of a a Bostonian is, is, um, is, you know, we love our sports culture up there. So even though I lived in North Carolina for 28 years, um, you know, the sports culture is still, still a part of me. And, uh, anyway, so, so I live here, uh, with my wife, Gina, and, uh, we have two daughters, uh, Jessica and Anna. Jessica is 25 years old and Anna is, uh, 13 years old. I work for a company called Novartis Pharmaceuticals, and I'm very proud to work for Novartis, and part of our discussion today is some of the great things that they've done uh, for me uh, in terms of the breakthrough therapies that they have and uh, why um, I'm doing so well in in my fight against cancer. Um, I've been with Novartis for 14 years. It's a a fantastic pharmaceutical company, and uh, like I said, they've done some great things. I don't know. What else do you want to know? I'm very active. Um, we can get into that a little bit. I've have uh, had some major accomplishments here recently. Um, yeah. uh Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, we're gonna ran, we're gonna
0: definitely talk about that because yeah, I'm. Oh, it was great. You, know, you talk about my bio. That that right there is a, is amazing. So um you know let's 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 talk uh let's okay. talk about chronic myeloid leukemia. What is it? You know because I know that a lot of folks don't know what leu. What I had, which was lymphoma, but what is what is CML?
1: So it's it's a uh, it's basically cancer of the of, of the blood. Um, there's several. There's two lineages. There's a lymphatic limi- lineage and the myeloid limi- lineage uh, of your blood. Or, you know sometimes the um, your your blood marrow produces white blood cells, red blood cells, platelets, and then the other side, the lymphoid side, produces. Um, uh, white blood cells as well, so it's it's basically a um, a cancer of the white blood cells, um, and so it's chronic, which means um, it's very slow in developing. It's not something that will go away very easily, uh, but fortunately, it's something that can be that can be treated, um, and um, and with treatment, I can live hopefully a normal lifespan. Okay. Okay. Does that, does that make sense? I hope I said that
0: correctly. No, it it definitely does. You know, I, I I looked it up because I'm on the other side of the LLS, you know? And so, um, I know that it definitely deals with a lot of, you know, the bone marrow, right. And so the increasing of white blood cells. So that was very interesting because for me, it's more of like my B cells, you know, the, uh, the lymph nodes and the B cells. And so, Um, so when were you diagnosed, you know, what age were you at when you were first diagnosed? So
1: I was diagnosed in December 22nd, uh, 2016. Uh, how old was I? I guess I was 52 years old at the time.
0: Well, you look Um,
1: great. Well, thank you. Um, (laughs) I appreciate that. Well, it's, it's from good living, right? Taking care of myself. (laughs) So I, at my age, Preston, I appreciate compliments. I do. Um, but yeah, so December 22nd, 2016. I was supposed to have back surgery, and the back surgery um, was going to be the week after Christmas. Wow. Well, a few days before Christmas, I got a phone call from um, a medical assistant. It wasn't a doctor. It was a medical assistant telling me that they had to cancel my surgery because my white blood, my white blood cell count was 73,000.
0: Seventy three.
1: Seventy three thousand, right? At the time I didn't know a lot about that. I said, Well, what does that mean? And you know, and I could hear her on the other line on the other end of the line. She was nervous, almost shaken. I could almost feel her shaking through the phone. And she said, That means you have lymphoma or leukemia. You should go to your doctor right away. So that's how I found out that I had leukemia is a medical assistant calling me on the phone to cancel my surgery. And and I felt bad for her. Of course I felt you know worse for me and as, as you know um you'll never forget the day you were first diagnosed the feeling you had the things you did um and um it was you know was
0: i guess I stunning is the, is the word that you would use so so how explain your feeling right because when i when i first got diagnosed i had uh it was a I didn't know what it was. I went to the hospital, emergency room, and, you know, I watched Grey's Anatomy, right? And so, when I hear mass, I already think of cancer, but to, and I was a 29, approaching 30. Now, right. when I found, when he told me, came back with the CT scan, and I was, and he said, you know, this could be cancerous, my heart dropped, I was just like, this mm. is crazy. How, what was that right. feeling for you? You know, she said 73,000, and then she was shaking through the phone, but how did you feel?
1: No you know i was I was numb i I remember that day I was about to meet my wife for lunch and I was on my motorcycle and and um I continued on my motorcycle um and i was just i was numb that day I didn't really fully understand what was going on and uh, I remember taking my motorcycle and meeting her and explaining to her you know that something's wrong. I have to go to the doctor right away and um And I got very weepy. You know, I got emotional. I just, you know, I mean, I I was really just numb and um, not fully understanding or comprehending what was going on. Yeah. Uh, And I was lucky because my primary care doctor saw me that afternoon. Okay. And then uh, while we were in his office, he did an additional blood test. And he confirmed that my, that my white blood cell count was as high as it was. And the normal range is four to six thousand. Just to put that into context, the normal range is 4,000 to 6,000 four cell. to six thousand for white blood cells. Four to six
0: thousand, and you were seventy-three thousand. Wow. Now I was
1: at seventy-three thousand. And so while we were in his office, he said, um, chances are good that you have what's called chronic leukemia. Um, it's serious, but it's treatable. And then he called a friend of his who is a, uh, I mean, granted, remember, this is, um, it, was a thir- it was a Thursday or Friday, the weekend before Christmas, right? Right. So, so he did me um, a great favor by calling his friend who's an oncologist, and he agreed to see me that afternoon. So I went from my primary care office directly to an oncology office, and, uh, and he saw me and he said, yeah, you have chronic leukemia. I don't want you to worry. We're going to do a bone marrow biopsy to confirm it, but yeah. we're pretty sure this is what you have, and we're pretty sure that we can treat it. You're going to be okay. And so I felt numb, but I was reassured, which was great because now I'm going into the Christmas weekend with this hanging over my head, but not feeling as bad as I would have felt if that guy didn't see me that afternoon. If I had to see him the day after Christmas, I would have been freaking out all weekend long. You know what I'm saying?
0: No, uh, definitely. but
1: but he was good enough to see me and and put me at ease and say, we're going to take care of this. And he had confidence. And and so that confidence, you know, was, was, um, relayed to me and, and I felt better, um, during the weekend
0: for sure. And I mean, well, I'm glad that you were able to connect with an oncologist like ASAP because, you know, sometimes, you know, those take, those, those appointments can be filled and, you know, just having that access was amazing. um, so, as, as we all know, or for people that don't know, there are certain phases of CML. Where, what phase were you at when they finally did all the, the testing and things of that nature? Right. So, there's three phases of
1: CML. There's the chronic phase. There's the um, accelerated phase, and there's what's called the blast crisis. Um, I was in the chronic phase, and if caught in the chronic phase, where I'm, where, you know, more of mine was caught, very treatable when you get into the accelerated phase and the blast crisis then it's a lot more of a serious situation
0: okay okay so um well thank god for that thank god for that um so what does treatment look like for the chronic phase
1: yeah so the chronic phase is great because um, about 20 years ago novartis came out with a game-changing drug called Glebic, and Glebic changed the trajectory for cml patients the five-year prognosis for CML patients before 20 years ago was, um, um, you know, the, the, the five-year survivability was about um, 30%. Um, right. Now, because of Gleevec and then second-generation medicines that have come after it, it's a more targeted therapy target, targeting the mutated uh, gene uh, that creates the cancer, uh, the five-year survivor rate. Is um, over
0: 90%. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so, I mean, how do, how often do you have to take, you know, I mean, is it a pill form? Is it liquid? Yeah, so
1: great question, because I didn't do the traditional chemotherapy, the therapy that you probably did. Yeah. Um, what I do is I take um, a drug called to which is a second generation, um, uh, drug like Glevic. And, okay. um, And this second-generation drug is a little bit cleaner, a little less side effects, and a little bit more efficacy. Um, And it's a pill that I take twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon. Um, And um, most likely, I'll probably be on it for for the remainder of my life. There's a chance that I can um, achieve what we call a treatment-free remission. Okay. Um, But not a lot of people do that. About 25 to 30% of people actually uh, get to that point where they can do a treatment-free remission. Uh, but the drugs are, um, so good that, you know, the, the long-term side effects, although not really known, but people started taking Glebic 20 years ago and they're still alive today and they're wow. doing well because of it. Um, and so, so I should have a normal life span. Um, in fact, I'll probably die of something else one day, you know, years <laughs> from now, we're not worried about that, but, right. um, and, um, and, uh. And hopefully the CML will not be you know not be what it is that takes me out so
0: got you so when, yeah you know, am I saying it right uh, Gleevic or is that Gleevic that's right so when you when you taking that I, you know I, I read in your bio you said that some of the side effects were you know kind of intolerable you know what, what, yeah, was so, the, what were some of those side effects
1: so when I was on Glevic. Um, and like I said, Gleevec was the, the groundbreaking drug that Novartis came out with. Um, the side effects were such that um, we ended up switching to, to Cigna, which are, which are side effects lost. So I went through a lot of GI side effects, um, mostly, you know, diarrhea and, and things like that. Other side effects um, that seem minor, but for me are significant, uh, like um, muscle cramps. And oh, wow. um, and then puffiness around the eyes. And then, not that I'm vain, um, Preston. I'm not. You know. But everybody wants to look good, right? Um, and and uh, my eyes were really puffy. And and I didn't realize. I thought I was. I was like, oh, I'm just getting old. You know. But it was a right. side effect of the drug. Um, and uh, um, really, the GI side effects were the worst. The worst things. Um, Did GI
0: stand for something, or?
1: Oh yeah, gastrointestinal.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah,
1: your GI tract. Basically, I went to the bathroom a lot during the day.
0: I see you was trying to. I mean, that's, I, like, I like. I see why you said GI. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and so during treatment, do you have to get your bone marrow tested a lot? Is it more frequent?
1: So, so there's a there's a marker in the blood that measures the mutated um, um, genes, uh, and um, that marker can be measured with a With a blood test and so i get my blood tested quarterly um, and i will you know for forever Uh, there may be a chance i mean we get to a certain point i may go twice a year uh, but yeah that's that's what i do i don't have to do a biopsy unless something changes and um and i you know and it, it looks like the disease has progressed and they need to see why what has changed and you know what if there needs to be something different done with my with my treatments um but otherwise just a uh, quarterly or biannual blood test.
0: Okay. Okay. That's not yeah. bad. Yeah, uh, see the first time I was diagnosed it was once every 3 weeks but it was more of the aggressive chemotherapy which sure. was hard. So right. um, you, you went know. through something a lot more horrific than I did, <laughs> friend, so yeah, it was you it know. was it was a, it was a little a big it was a small giant I would say. It was a small giant. Right. Um so, you know, you were dealing with cancer you had these treat you were having the treatments what was your support network like you know um what was well, that's that like? a great
1: question i am glad you asked that question because being surrounded by the right people is so important in life but in particular when you when you're diagnosed with a um, with a disease like cancer um, my family has been great you know my yeah. wife is always there with me and uh, supporting me reminding me to take my pills Oh, yeah, we um, and in that. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You don't forget, though. I mean, taking your pills becomes part of your routine, and that's what it is for me. But, but she'll always remind me. And when we go on vacation, yeah. you have your pills, you know, and, and make sure because I have forgotten those before, and that's that's kind of a, a pain in the neck to get them FedExed out to you. So, um, but but even so, um, we belong to. Um, well, I, I should say I, I belong very um, closely with the running community here in Greensboro. Yeah. Um, and the support that I received from them is fantastic. People always give me encouragement. Um, they've, they've done a couple little articles on me locally here in the newspaper. And so, um, you know, that sort of support, um, in, you know, the love that, that people have shared for me it just means so much. It, 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 it really gives you a boost up, gives you confidence that um, not only yourself, but the fact that you can go ahead and tackle anything is, is when you've got all the positive people around you. And, and I tell you, one of the greatest thing about runners is that they're all very positive people. And it's that pod- positive energy that you really need uh, when, you're, um, when you're faced with any kind of crisis, but particularly a chronic disease. So um, I love being part of the running community for sure. And you know, and, and again, I can't stress enough that the love and support that I've gotten from my family as well. So,
0: well it's important. You, you talk about running, and I know you said you say it real modest. And um, right. you know, I, as I was reading your bio, you you've done a lot with running. You know, you hmm. raised thousands of dollars for LLS. Yes. You know, yes. you're uh, your coach, your marathon coach, and then yeah. you know, how is how big is that? You have a it's called a uh, team in training is, is that a big community you know for those that don't you know haven't ran in a marathon or a race, you know how big is um, is that community, and how do they you know come up and grab arms together
1: yeah, that's another great question. so I love my team and training um, friends and, and team in and training is the is a fund raising arm for uh, the lymphoma Leukemia society LLS as you mentioned. And um, there are, you know, across the, across the country, um, that network of people is is absolutely huge. But um, but I have a network of friends here in Greensboro that uh, belong to, uh, I shouldn't say belong, but that participate with LLS um, in, through team and training. And, and every single one of them has been touched uh, by lymphoma, leukemia in some way. Um, I have been involved with them, ironically enough, since 2005 as a participant raising money, and like you mentioned, a uh, a marathon coach. And then, ironically enough, I was diagnosed with leukemia back in you know back in 2016. Um, but again, those network of friends were are really have become some of my closest um, friends um, in the Greensboro area. And, um, and, you know, we, uh, a couple of years ago, a group of us from Greensboro went to New York and ran the New York City Marathon and raised close to uh, $40,000 for, for LLS and um, and had a great time. I mean, New York's a spectacular city. I mean, it's so much fun. Uh, but then being with these folks to run the marathon it uh, was really a, a truly special time for me as well. So, and they did it to support me. And that's, that's what meant so much to me. So,
0: it was, it was great. Yeah. So... Um, As far as, you know, you know, running and things of that nature, how, so tell us how many marathons have you ran thus far?
1: I've run five. Okay. um, Which is, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's a low number. I I run in circles, literally, (laughs) right? That um, talking about your marathons is not a big deal. I mean, a lot of people have run double digit, you know, one of my buddies in New York, he's run 20 or so uh, that ran New York has run 20 or so marathons. Um I talked with a guy not too long ago that's just finished his three hundredth marathon. Uh so you know five um is a is a uh, low number, but it's it's still I feel like a significant accomplishment. So um it's uh, yeah. I and I don't know if I'm gonna do any more or not. I'm still undecided. So it's,
0: hey, oh, it's quite an on. endeavor. See, you know what, Craig, is is you got to because you know I, I when I saw Marathon Coach, I was like, Well, maybe. Craig will coach me because I've never but, ran a marathon. Uh, I've never, hey, I've never if ran. you
1: want to do it, Preston, I'm there with you. Okay.
0: You I'm going a, I'm a to definitely hold you to that.
1: And um, but You know, you know I'll, I'll say one thing about that as a coach, and it's a volunteer position. It's not a paid yeah. position, and it's just for team and training um, runners. But one of the greatest satisfaction I get is from taking someone that's never ran a marathon and helping them – Complete that, um, and the feeling and emotions they have of satisfaction. For me, that is one of the greatest things in the world. One of the greatest pleasures I have is to help somebody complete that. Uh, complete that challenge. So, um, I would be thrilled to help you out if you really wanted to do something like that. So, Pray.
0: I'm gonna hold you to that because I, I, I'm, a, I'm a runner by nature, right? And so, one of the things during the second time that I uh, beat cancer, I, I just started going back running. So, just going to the track and 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 just pushing myself and I started to notice that okay, I still got the speed. You know, I was running yeah, miles yeah. in about seven and a half, you know, and so but I know marathon is all about distance.
1: Yeah, it's and, not about speed. It's right.
0: <laughs> So I know I'm gonna have to train myself in a different way, but I definitely yeah. want to, you know, do something like that. Now um let me ask you, so how what is the chances of this like actually coming back, you know? After treatment.
1: Well, it never goes. It never goes away for me, so it'll okay. always be something I deal with the rest of my life. Um, the cancer cells will be in my blood. They'll get to the point where they're barely detectable, um, but but it'll never go away. It's it, it is a chronic disease. Um, it's different than other leukemias. There's um, there is acute myeloid leukemia which is the same thing but it's it's acute it's well it's not really the same thing it's it's right. di- different uh, pathogenesis um but um it's uh it's just something i'll deal with for the rest of my life so um but like i said because of treatments that's going to be a long long time
0: so um you mentioned and uh, so you you are a racer but talk to me about mount kilimanjaro how how yeah. did that all come about? Because I seen that and I said, "Wow, um, that's a lot of climbing."
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. Uh, so I have a good friend and um, and I, uh, a kid that I grew up with, one, my best friend from my youth. Uh, I went up to visit him back in September of 2018, and uh, he didn't know that I was diagnosed with leukemia, and I and I told him, and yeah, and um, and he said, "Well, we need to do something," and I said, "Well." You know, as a matter of fact, um, LLS has this program now where if you want to raise money for LLS, they'll take you to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. And his face lit up. He's like, "I'm in. Let's do it." So, so in September of 2018, we said, "Okay, we're going to go ahead and commit to doing that." And we did. We signed up, um, and um, and boy, we went in March 2020. So it was just three months ago that we uh, that we went. And it felt like such a long time from September 2018 to March 2020. The anticipation of wanting to go, yeah. Uh, but but we got our we got our act together. Uh, we made it to Tanzania at uh, the beginning of March, and um, you know, we ended up uh, you know summiting
0: um, a few days later. So about a week and a half later, a week later. So was it easy? Was there a moment where you you know like in cliffhanger like Sylvester Stallone like you, you you know you slipped a little bit. Was was any clipping or <laughs> like you know? No,
1: it's so Kilimanjaro is is um, technically not difficult um, in terms of um, you know having to scale rocks or use ropes things like that. I'm not clipping onto anything. It's really a um, it's a hike up a mountain and it, it takes six and a half days to get up and then you uh, hike down at one and a half. Uh, the reason why it takes so much longer to get up is because you have to acclimate to the altitude um, as you um, as you try to reach the summit. Um, there was some really difficult days. There was days where at the end I'm like, "What did I? What did I get myself into?" Um, you about to say, what the hell days. did I
0: get myself into?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, you know, uh, summit day was was. Um, obviously a day I'll never forget it was, it was um, more of a challenge than I was expecting. You start off, uh, well, you know, before summit, the night before you have a dinner and you have a guide and the guide sits down and kind of goes over everything to expect uh, right. um, on summit day. And then they come into your tent and they check your gear, make sure you have all, um, all the clothing that you need and that, that you will be warm enough. Um, And then you sleep about three hours and they wake you up at 11 o'clock that night. And then you have something to eat. And then at midnight, you start hiking, um, the last three and a half miles, four miles. Okay. And grant and keep in mind, this is the steepest part of the mountain and we're doing this in the total darkness. Oh Um, yeah. And, um, and so we're, we're hiking and, uh, Boy, it was hard. You got to go slow. Poli poli is what the Tanzanians say. Be slower, slower. They kept saying that. Poli poli.
0: You got to go yes, slow. You were trying, trying to slow. run up there. See, that's what, that's what happened. You were trying to race <laughs> yeah. up to the uh, top. They like, say, slow down, slow down. Well,
1: I, the first couple of days was like that. But by the time we got to summit day, I was all about going slow. I was in no rush. So <laughs> um, anyways, we arrived. Um, at a um at a place uh called Stella's Point which is about 35-40 minutes from the actual summit Um, but most of your steep climbing had been done and then you walk across this ridge like I said for about a a little over a half hour longer um to hit the summit and as we're doing that the sun is rising over Africa behind us so the sun is starting to rise as we're walking across the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro I mean it was so beautiful Um, It was such an intense challenge. Um, And you factor that in that I'm with this group of people and there ended up being five of us together on the mountain um, with our, you know, and then then we had our Tanzanian um, um, guide group. Um, But we, as we're walking across the ridge um, with the sunrise behind us about to summit, I was, I was crying. I was weeping. And I was, you know, I was so emotional because it was such a beautiful, um, powerful moment for me and um, and for the folks that I was with. We all hugged each other. and I could feel them yeah. crying too. And um, it was really amazing. It's um, it was really it was one of the greatest things I've
0: ever done. There's no doubt. Um, what was, the, was fought, the first thought in your mind when you got to the top? I know you were, a <laughs> one, but what what were you thinking? What what was your mind at that place? Did you think about you know the the fight against leukemia? Like where yeah. where were you at?
1: And that was it. You know, it's like. I did it. I'm here. I use a few salty words. There's no doubt about it. But <laughs> I was like, I did it. I overcame this. I I'm, I'm battling leukemia. You know, I'm, I'm defeating this. Um, and I felt like really unstoppable at that point. It, it was, that's, that's why it was such an amazing feeling because I felt great. I really did. And, and, uh, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, nothing's going to slow me down. And that's, and that's kind of the feeling that you had. So um, it was fantastic.
0: So, you know, um, that's, that's amazing, man. You know, <laughs> one day I will climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh, I'm you
1: like, should. It's I, such I a great experience.
0: Especially if LLS is, you know, um, supporting <laughs> some programs like that, that'd be awesome. Um, as yeah, I was, so, go ahead. Well,
1: um, let me just add, mention about LLS and that. And so, we uh, we climbed and in uh, again it was to raise money for LLS and the group that I was with we raised over fifty thousand dollars for for LLS and um, and so we were very excited about that it was that's also an accomplishment within itself and so and this is without this is without corporate sponsors this is just individuals donating their own personal money to our endeavors you know and to our into our mission um, so that's that's I think that part of the fundraising is what I'm most proud of is is I didn't get big, huge corporate sponsors to, to yeah. fund my, um, the fundraising. It was, it was all individuals that reached out to me and say, Hey, I want to give you money to support you. And so, um, it was, it was, you know, very proud of that.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So let me ask you this. What are some, what are some things to look out for, you know, with leukemia or, um, you know, obviously you won't know until you are diagnosed, but what are some side effects or what are, what what would some things that uh, people should look out for, you know, just to say, you know what, maybe I do need to go to the doctor and get this checked out?
1: So it's a great question because um, in my d- disease in particular, there's a lot of um, symptoms that you may have that you don't recognize as being something that should be um looked at and okay and one of the things that i had quite a bit of and i didn't realize it was a symptom was night sweats wow. i would wake up in the middle of the night and my shirt would be wet yeah um and um or my my sheets would be wet uh and that is a symptom of chronic leukemia um, fatigue is a um is a big symptom if you feel tired um obviously if you do labs and your your white blood cell count is elevated and that's a um you know, that's an easy symptom to to look at and say, okay, there's a big issue going on here. Uh, But if anybody feels that kind of fatigue and they have something unusual going on, perhaps headaches or something like that, then they should uh, probably go and, and, you know, talk to their family doctor that uh, about that. These, you know, they can do a simple blood check and and find out if it's something more than just um,
0: whatever, you know, something else going on. So let me ask you this, you know, Obviously, maybe the word got out or people found out about it. Did people tiptoe to ask you about it? Was it no? You know, how did you not feel? really?
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I think because I've done some of the things that I've done in terms of fundraising, um, you know, I, we put on a race every year, um, in Greensboro, it's a 5k and a 10k, um, and um, and the race is a, a um raised to raise money specifically for the lymphoma and leukemia society. Um, And, um, and I was very vocal about my disease, I think. And so, um, and so people were not really hesitant to ask me about it because I always felt comfortable talking about it. Yeah. um, Mostly as, you know, marketing for our race, you know, I was, like I said, I was on the local news um, and, um, and, you know, the, the running, uh, um, uh, sports editor here in Greensboro wrote an article about me. So um, so I don't think people are really too um, timid to, to ask me, hey, how you doing? Uh, because I think it's pretty well known. Of course, social media, right? I've, I've yeah. publicized. And, and, I, and I try not to overdo it, um, Preston. And I think this is a good point of clarification, because I don't want the disease to define who I am, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's something I have, and I use it as a tool to to raise recognition and um, also raise money for the LLS, um, yeah. but I don't want to overdo it because I don't want it to be something that like uh, people associate me specifically with um, with the, the um, with the disease. So yeah. and does that make sense?
0: No, it definitely does. Definitely does. Now you know, as a survivor to a survivor, mental our mental mindset is very very important during this. You know mm-hmm. how how was was your mental? Uh, health during treatment and how is it now you know that this is ongoing you know you're going to have to be on treatment you know yeah I mean
1: you have to to stay positive right Um, for a few reasons I I think um, your attitude is self-fulfilling right what you believe is going to happen is usually what happens right If you have negative thoughts and usually negative things happen to you. If you have positive thoughts, then, um, then, then positive things happen to you. Right. So, so that's important. And I think that when you try to remain positive, then your actions, your activities, and your, everything that you do in your life also remains positive and you do more positive, more value, um, more valuable things, to, um, you know, more activities like that. So, um, I, I always try to stay positive, and, and I yeah. think that's the key to a, tackling any kind of adversity. And certainly, any kind of sickness is a is a big adversity or, or a crisis. Um, so, if you want to really in, um, endure through that, you got to keep that attitude um, um, in a positive way. So,
0: so you know, and, and you say you mentioned a lot about positivity. Positivity. Right. Were there any other negatives that you know would come your way you know would did did anybody say hey oh you have leukemia oh no you know like or was it well received because you know i know for me once i told uh, some folks it was either they tiptoe or they were scared of like you know and i had to keep on energizing myself but did you ever encounter any of those roadblocks or
1: not really because whenever people ask me about that the first thing i try to tell them is um, I'm 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 okay. I'm going to do well. I'm doing great. Nothing to worry about with me. And I and I yeah. really made that a point of emphasis that um, I have a disease. Um, and uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay. There's there's no need to worry about me. And I think that is uh, always important to to um, to be that way up front with everybody that you approach um, or everybody that approaches you about your sickness. So um, so I try to I try to always be. Uh, have a positive mindset and everything I delivered to the people around me. Um, and I think because of that, their response back to me remained positive uh, the majority of the time. Um, I'm fortunate, you know, I mean, I, you know, having leukemia is not lucky, right? Yeah. But I think I'm fortunate the fact that I have a leukemia that can be treated um, and that can be controlled. Um, I will be on, um, therapy for the rest of my life, most likely, that's unfortunate. Um, But the rest of my life should be a normal lifespan. So that's fortunate too. So, so I feel lucky the fact that if you're going to get a disease that is a serious one, such as leukemia, um, that you're able to manage it without, um, you know, without a lot of, you know, adversity or, um, you know,
0: whatever. So well, Craig, I always, I'm a firm believer, you are what you eat. And especially, mm-hmm. you know, I had to change my diet tremendously. Right.
1: Are you eating everything organic now?
0: No. <laughs> well, you should be. Not, <laughs> I, I do don't now. Get but let, Let's talk Not about everything. That. I shouldn't say. How, that. how was your Is diet? That. Did you have to do a drastic diet change? I know you were doing marathons. So maybe you didn't. But what yeah. should your diet be like? You know, if you have CML?
1: So I don't know that you have to do it I didn't do anything drastic because you're right I, you know I've been a, um, I started running back in 2011 and so I try to eat healthy and, and remain healthy and dieting is such an important part of, um, of staying healthy and, and you know and dieting is also an important part of keeping a positive attitude because yeah. you feel better when you eat right and if you eat right it's easier I mean if you feel better if you eat right you feel better if you feel better you have a, you're better off It's easier for you to maintain that positive attitude. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and so, uh, and so, you know, I've always tried to focus on eating the right things, but I will say since my diagnosis, I eat a lot more organic stuff because, you know, and I know it's just chance that I had, that I, um, contracted CML. Um, but I, I did ask myself a lot. Why would I get this? I'm a healthy guy. I've run marathons, and I had already at that point run four marathons. Um, so, uh, so, you know, I, I changed to to mostly organic because there's so much chemical in our food that the, you know, the yeah. government allows. So, well, um, I'm sorry, I got my train of thought lost because. I had some emails coming in over my, my system. No, there, you're so okay,
0: you're okay. So, me. I hope you guys didn't hear that noise, that my tones. No, you're fine, you're fine. Okay. So organic <laughs> organic is the way. And so organic is well, Vegetables. Yeah, I
1: mean, uh, there's, you know, there's, I think that in my mind, you know, and I'm not an expert on this. I'm not a food expert by any means. But in my mind, um, you know, the... Um, the conventionally grown stuff is, is grown with, with chemical fertilizers. And, um, and, I, I, you know, somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, there has to be some sort of connection between what I'm eating in, in my diagnosis. And so I switched over to, to mostly organic foods, not a hundred percent. I mean, nothing's ever a hundred percent. I still go to the local, uh, um, you know, pub for wings and beer on Friday nights. Well, I did before the, before the quarantine, but uh, but yeah, you know, and that's obviously not the highest quality food. But but for the most part, I follow. I try to follow an eighty twenty rule where I eat eighty um, percent of my meals clean organic food, um, and then you know
0: twenty percent
1: the other stuff that we enjoy, right? The junk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so here are positive deposits. Um, you know, we live live by transforming minds to change lives. So right. if in the, and you know, one of the things about that is, as you see the logo, right? So this is just the positive energy that comes to that, you know, can make uh, anyone smile. Give us two to three things that you would say are your positive deposits, if if you're going through leukemia, what would those things be?
1: Positive deposits, okay, well, like you know, a positive attitude, absolutely, right? So that would be the, the biggest thing is, is, you know, and I, I think a little bit of self-talk is always beneficial to say, hey, I'm okay. This yep. is, I'm going to beat this. Not a big deal. This is serious, but but I'm tough, right? So, so that kind of positive self-talk always is beneficial. Um, you know, I can't express um, the importance of diet and exercise enough, um, whether you have a disease or not. Um, but but I think overall everybody feels better um, mentally and physically when they exercise regularly and when they eat properly, um, and and that you know that goes a long way throughout everybody's life um, until you know until you, you grow into old age. You know, the most yeah. active people in their eighties are people that exercise so much um, while they were getting older, um, not overdoing it but stay inactive, and that's so, so critically important. Um, just, not just for your physical health, but for your mental health. You stay positive when you do positive things for yourself, like exercise. Um, and then and then the third thing, uh, Preston, um, and I can't...
0: It's Presley, as well. it's Presley.
1: Oh, are you <laughs> kidding me? I've been saying it wrong the whole time, I'm sorry, man.
0: It's okay, it's okay, it's okay.
1: Uh, so thank you for clarifying that. Uh, okay. I wish you said that earlier. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, Presley, you know, <laughs> surrounding yourself with good quality people.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, in, in finding a network of friends that you know that are going to support you no matter what through thick and thin and, and that they're also positive. The negative people in your life, you've got to just drop them. You've got to put them by the wayside because they're not going to benefit you and physical and mental health. You need people that are gonna be positive, uh, that are gonna share a lot of love with you, um, and good positive energy. And and you know, that also includes your family. And so um but the interesting part about family is when you're positive to them, they're gonna be positive in return. So um so yeah absolutely uh it's it's the network of people that you have around you that's uh that's critical. If you focus on those two things three things yourself positive energy diet and exercise
0: regularly and positive people around you, boy, I think you can handle anything. Well, you heard it from Craig himself, positive energy, diet and exercising, and making sure your circle is positive as well. So Craig, it's been amazing to talk about your journey. You know, mm-hmm. um, you are a, a survivor like myself and I salute you. Um, you know, where can we find your work? Cause I know you do photography, you know, what's your IG? Tell the people where they can, you know, follow you <laughs> and things of that nature.
1: Um, I, I don't. I don't do a lot of social media. I mean, I have a Facebook sure. page. Um, we have a. Uh, so my wife and I have a photography um, um, company that that really we focus on local races. We don't do a lot of photography other than we shoot local races. So if you come to Greensboro and you run a, um, a half marathon, then we'll take your picture most likely. Okay. Um, the name of the, the name of the business is Fire Eye Studios, uh, but we don't really we have a website, but we don't it's not really active because most of our photography is just uh, you know local races. It's something that we really enjoy though because we are part of the running community when we do that, even though we're not running. And um, um, and we've been doing that now for six or seven years, I guess. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, gets okay. us out on us early on a Saturday morning. My wife and I get to do something together, and um, and we do something that we really enjoy. And we're around people that um, that you know that are, that are great. The running community, like I said, is um, is always surrounded by great positive people. So, um, well,
0: Craig, so that's it.
1: Was... <laughs> hey, any you anybody's welcome to connect with me on Facebook. Um, that's okay. really the o- only social media that I
0: that I that I use. So. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Where well, you heard them, right. you can catch them on Facebook. You know, and I want to thank everyone for tuning in. I want to send a special shout out to my producer Lauren. She's a part of the team, and you know, um, you can subscribe. This you can definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our website is coming, and you know, here at Positive Deposits, we transform minds and change lives. So thank you for uh, being our guest tonight, uh, Craig, and then. Well, uh, I'll talk to you soon. And don't forget, I, I am going to uh, tap on your shoulder to run that marathon. So,
1: yeah, anytime. When you're ready, just let me know. Okay. Uh, thanks All for right.
0: having me. Thank you. Thank you.